0: Warning. The following program contains spoilers for Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal. Jim Henson presents The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, The Never-Ending Story in affiliation with Jim Henson Studios, and the Weather Channel miniseries Super <laughs> Welcome to another thrilling episode of the Disc Dump Podcast, the show where we review movies, games, and music to determine if we're going to be keeping the disc or if we're going to dump them. As always, I am your host, Miles Trout, and today I am remotely joined by the wise and witty Casey Weber. How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: How are you doing today in quarantine? Uh, I'm going okay. I'm awaiting my coronavirus test results, so I'm feeling a little under the weather, but that's all right. We're going to make it.
1: (laughs) I don't envy you right now.
0: I mean, I I don't feel as bad as I think I should with the coronavirus, but, you know, it's, it's not fun. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the dark crystal. But first, a brief history. So I feel like a lot of us grew up watching this movie as kids, but I imagine the new generation is going to like think of the television show when we say The Dark Crystal. Did you grow up watching this movie?
1: Yeah, I think it was one of the first movies that actually scared me as a child. Really? Yeah, for sure. I watched it very early, like possibly four or something, because mom and dad used to watch it, and all up my childhood, my sister watched it, and then I approached it again much older like 11 or 12 and i just i loved it i loved every bit about it it was so weird and puppets and it wasn't like the muppets or anything like that it was it was just it was a really cool way of doing adventure and fantasy which as you know i absolutely adore so i grew up with it for most of my life
0: i definitely saw it when i was a little kid but i don't think i owned it but I, like, would go to friends' houses and they would own it. You know how, like, in the 90s they would just pop a VHS in and you'd just watch the same one, like, three or four times in a day? I feel like that this is one yep. of those movies for me also. And, like, we had Muppet Treasure Island was probably the only other Muppet movie that we had. <laughs> so that was, like, the one with Tim Curry.
1: Yeah, I don't think we had that. I can't think of many actual puppet things we've watched. I mean, The NeverEnding Story had the one big puppet, but...
0: Did Jim Henson do that one?
1: I think it... I didn't write it down, but it's a possibility. I'm not sure. I saw his name mentioned alongside of the never-ending story, so I'm not sure.
0: Well, I would imagine then. If there's a giant puppet involved, that would be his his involvement.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's a giant puppet. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think <laughs> it's <certainly> real. They <laughs> didn't have it yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know that he did Sesame Street, and he did The Muppets, and they did the movie Labyrinth. I think Labyrinth came after The Dark Crystal, right? Right. I definitely had that when I was a kid because I had the hots for uh, – is it Jennifer Connelly in that movie?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. That, I have no idea. I
0: was all about her when I was a little kid.
1: It's been 15 years. Okay. It's been 15 years since I've seen The Labyrinth. It's been a long time. <laughs> I have to watch it again. I can't – do you know, like, where to acquire that movie?
0: Um, on Amazon, they sell The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth together in one box set that I almost got. So, that's like $30 though. Yeah. But it's uh I definitely want to see it again, but apparently like as an adult if you watch it, you can see that David Bowie doesn't wear any underwear underneath his like leggings and you can just see oh. his junk the whole movie. I don't know. I just heard that recently, and I'm like, makes me not need to watch that movie. But I, I don't do... know. I kind of feel like I need to watch it now to see if that's true. <laughs> exactly. So you'll like, have to let ridiculous. me know. <laughs> oh man! Did you uh, did you ever watch the uh, the Greek gods series that they did the mythology thing, the Jim Henson mythology show?
1: Um, I don't. Think so. What,
0: I do know, you know they, when that was. I'm not sure. I know they made us watch it in high school in all of the like mythology classes that I took. So I know that I think he only did one episode of it. So it'd be understandable if you didn't see it. It's the one with Icarus and the Minotaur.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. We were taught the mythology from books in my high school.
0: Oh no, we watched Tiny Children's Program in my. No, we also read the books, but you know, there's some <laughs> days that the teacher wants to phone it in. Yeah. Uh, i guess that's true i feel like jim henson teaming up with netflix is like some serious shit because they're they're not pulling puppets with that tv show yeah pulling puppets not punches but it was like pretty serious i I
1: really like it Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed the behind the scenes one too uh it was really eye-opening to watch him actually create it especially the uh that one section the poddling the the bath time that that was just so mm-hmm. cool watching them create it and moving things around fascinating
0: yeah i loved it and i love how they like put little robots in the top of the puppet's heads to like make them have facial expressions and stuff the whole documentary was amazing yeah. it was like i don't did you watch the like making of game of thrones documentary they released at the end of game of thrones
1: i did not know it's like know the released one yeah
0: it's it's like two hours long so it's too long but it's like some of the craziest shit i've ever seen like there was like literally a million people who worked on that show basically like there's so 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 many people and just like seeing the behind the scenes the only thing that came close to that was watching the behind the scenes of this show and how much like time and effort went into the production of it, it was pretty fucking crazy yeah the speaking of like the facial features and stuff though I feel like the Skexies didn't have very good facial features Am I wrong? Did you feel like that too?
1: I don't know. They were more vague and they I, I feel like they used a lot more sounds for the Skexies to like indicate mm-hmm. how they were feeling and it might be because they're more of a vocal race because not all animals use facial features so you could think of it like that or it might have just been harder to actually with such a elongated and I'm. Assuming metal frame, I don't know. I don't remember what did they use for that. Uh, it was like latex. Oh, um, it might have just been harder to incorporate. But it could have been because they were like a different world, so they have completely different ways of well, like know, s- communicating essentially.
0: Some of them were actually pretty cool. Like uh, Chamberlain and the scientists, they had re- really expressive faces. But like the the emperor, he did he had one expression, <laughs> but they like compensated by animating a a tongue every time he opened his mouth it would just like wiggle I don't know if you noticed that that was yeah I mean overall I liked it but it took me a hot minute to get past the I am looking at puppets mentality like it it took me a while
1: I was alright right with that the second time I watched it that's when I started like catching some things and I was like oh I mean, it's obviously a puppet. Like, I can just almost imagine the string, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just became a lot more easy to connect that it was a puppet. The first time I watched it, though, I was enamored. But that's just how I am when I watch things the first time. I'm all in it. I'm ready.
0: I mean, I started watching it a couple months ago, and I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. And then I watched it this most recent time, and it took, like, the end of the second episode. I was like, okay, Netflix is serious. That's the one that ends with, like, the Peeper Beetle. Where they, like, chop out Mark Hamill's eye with a bug. That part was crazy. This show is, like, a kid-friendly Game of Thrones, but, like, it's not really that kid-friendly either, though. It's, like, super violent.
1: Which is why I like that they did it that way, because the original movie was like that. It wasn't... Mm -hmm. It was, like, a kid movie, but also... It was a horror movie. Like, it was a horror movie with puppets. It was great. Like, yeah. I don't know. I had dreams about the Chamberlain's, like, sound as a child. Like,
0: that. Yeah. Oh. Did you realize oh, um, that it was, uh, what's his name? Simon Pegg played the Chamberlain in the show?
1: No. I had no idea until I watched it. I was like... What? Ex- then I went and looked at all the cast members. I was like, "Oh my God, that's so cool!"
0: Yeah, he uh, he he was so good because he sounded just like the original guy did. And uh, Mark Hamill obviously played the scientist. Mark Hamill was fucking brutal. He was like killing yeah. people and shit. I fucking loved it. But that's another like very good. in the last episode of this, I did I talk about how like when I know when I can identify a celebrity, it like takes me out of it. So the whole time I was like hearing Luke Skywalker going, we are going to kill them. And I was like, who's mm, taking me out of it? But I mean, I love yeah. Mark Hamill, but that's like when the Peeper Beetle came out and they yanked the dude's eye out. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> Netflix is serious. This is going to be a show.
1: I was excited they did it because in the original movie, he has the whole robotic eye thing. And it was cool to see them like early on being like, all right we like our purpose is to explain some things that happen later on that you might not know. And I thought that that was like really fascinating to watch. And it was, it was very gory and you're just like, Oh my God, like yeah. <laughs> if they're willing to do this to one of their own for that, like, what are they willing to do to these Gelflings? I think that was the first time that clicked, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And, like, just the attention to detail on all of them, like, their outfits are the same. There were a couple of extra ones in the show, which then you find out as they die off. It's like, oh, that's why they weren't in the movie. Like, the one with all the pimples on her face. That was crazy. Like, they always had her oozing and stuff.
1: Yeah. That was really gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: which the one collector. was... Collector. Is that what her name was? Is The Collector?
1: I'm almost positive I could flip to the page, but I'm pretty pretty sure...
0: I like the one that has two pairs of glasses that, like, reads. He's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I believe that is the scroll keeper. The librarian dude. I, I think he's, like, super evil in a very different way. How so? Yeah, like, in an intellectual way, whereas the other ones are very upfront about it. He just, he's very much, like all I care about is like this knowledge that no one else can have but essentially me and like the other high people he's just he's very vindictive and reading into the lore of it it was shown how in the first in the movie the chamberlain and the general were against each other to become the new emperor after the emperor perishes mm-hmm. and there are different people who are on different sides and the science or the not the scientist but the scroll keeper i believe was on the side of the general and i feel like he did some vindictive things in the background to make sure that his like what he wanted to happen would happen he's just a very conniving character the more you look into him and i like it
0: yeah i feel like they were trying to like paint uh chamberlain into like a puppet master kind of thing But I feel like the scroll Mm -hmm. keeper definitely has more potential to be a puppet master behind the scenes kind of guy.
1: It's almost like the Chamberlain was trying to be a puppet master and he just wasn't up to stuff.
0: I feel like the show they really forced it more like they actually kind of gave him some competence because in the movie he was super not competent about being vindictive and underhanded.
1: he He almost immediately got kicked out, you know?
0: Yeah, they like yanked all his clothes off and they expelled him from the castle and shit. And then he's, like, trying yeah, to come up with plots, up. and it just did not work out for him in the movie. But in the show, he's, like, definitely doing a bunch of really crazy shit.
1: Right, which, I that was interesting. That was a whole other thing. I wasn't sure if it was... They, I don't know if they gave us enough to show him being a competent Chamberlain, because we just jump into with everything starting to go downhill for them, and he is pretty much implicit in all that downfall
0: so so you were saying it's the general in the movie is the one that like he fights to be the leader or is that a different Mm -hmm. one
1: they call him general
0: they do don't they but they kill off the general in the show number one on my my
1: list of problems Yes, let's talk about that. The end of or do you wanna just jump in or do we want oh, yeah, to go jump in, like whatever we chronologically. can
0: chronologically. No, they we just gonna jump back and forth. Well,
1: at the end of the season, they obviously had their battle and he was stabbed by the dual glaive, but then he went in the back and then he was stabbed again by the Chamberlain and went into dust, which leads us to believe that he is completely dead. But we didn't see the his mystic counterpart die, so we cannot for sure know that he died.
0: Oh, that's true. On I didn't think hand, of that. On the other
1: hand, in the movie, because almost every time, in the, at least in the movie, every time we've seen Eskexis die, they, their mystic counterpart died.
0: Yeah, just like with a flash of light, and then they're gone.
1: Right. Like they would show us the mystic die. And they did some of that in the TV show. So that's why I'm like, Okay, maybe he's still alive because it didn't show us that Mystic dying. But also in the movie, right after the Emperor dies, it's the General and the Chamberlain because they call him the General. And he's very gross and black, very similar edges to mm-hmm. the General in the TV show, a little bit different. But, I mean, he was known as a General for us when it was just the movie. So hmm. I think it's the same Skeksis, but it's, it, he died. You know,
0: he, I don't he know looked, I feel like he looked more like a Ninja Turtle in the show Maybe someone else gets promoted to general in the next season or something
1: That's what I'm seeing I did There were a couple missing There were a couple still there I mean, I just reading through the ones that I have Which, again, I'm missing almost seven that are in the supposed lore That I just couldn't find names of I'm gonna order the books and I want to read through all of them Because I just, I do. need to know I need to know everything <laughs> But I just, I can't see one that would feasibly be able to fill that, that role. The Slave Master could, but I, I think he might have been killed.
0: The, there was so two, of them sure. got, two of them died, I believe, in the show. One of them was the one with the zits on her face, and the, the other... The Slave
1: Master wasn't mentioned in either the movie or the show. He is in oh, okay. the over on lore, I believe. Um, but he, like, reading up on him, he's the only one that's the closest to, that could be potentially general, but I don't even know if he survived in that. Hmm. Time zone. I don't know. It's very, it's very hard to, to know. We're gonna have to wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which Skeksis is your favorite?
1: I don't know. I like the scientist, but it's also because I hate him the most. Mm-hmm. Because I love every single animal, and even if it's not a real animal, I love it. And it hurts that he's
0: <laughs> the opposite. <laughs>
1: yeah like he's just experimenting on them i don't know it's very hard for me to tell i
0: i don't like any of them very much oh (laughs) i like the heretic the The heretic heretic. oh man that dude hysterical
1: him and the wanderer
0: the wanderer which one was that is that his counterpart guy
1: That's his, the
0: Mystic. That dude was such a stoner, though. Like, (laughs) I guess. Oh, I love it. Yeah, like my girlfriend and I were watching that at the time, and I was like, "That one's a totally a stoner." She's like, "This is a kid's show. He's not a stoner." And then he pulls out a pipe, and I was like, "This dude's a stoner." And she's like, "No." And then he like walks really, really slowly. I'm like, pretty sure. And then he like gets really invested in his art, and I'm like, that's a stoner.
1: (laughs) It is like the one's a stoner, the other one's on coke the whole time. Yeah, Andy (laughs) Samberg. The opposite.
0: Yeah, yeah, Andy Samberg did pretty good, I thought, for being the heretic. Oh,
1: I loved it. It's just his inflection, and he's very good at that. Anyways, he did a very good job. he was a good pick.
0: Yeah, I liked him a lot. The <laughs>
1: puppet show in a puppet show. Oh,
0: I was so meta but so good. That was actually probably my favorite part of the whole show. Was the puppet show in a puppet show.
1: <laughs> it was so well done, and then he caught on fire, and I was just like, "What? What else could you ask for? I mean, like, this is his perfect."
0: That general scene, even though I kind of – I don't know if I actually do like the heretic now I think about him. He was a little too much for me. But that whole scene was just, like, so fantastic. It's, I think I like the scene more than I like the heretic.
1: I think it worked because the Wanderer was just so chill. (laughs) If you just think about the heretic, it's too much. Mm -hmm. But if you put them together, you're like, all right, it's not so bad because the one's really slow and the other one's just being –
0: Yeah, it was like the perfect dichotomy. My favorite one, my favorite Skeksis was The Hunter. That dude was crazy. I just, he was, of course he's the most static. Like a character like that in a TV show cannot last for long because it's just like too overwhelmingly evil. But, like, he was super aggressive and intimidating. And the other ones I didn't feel intimidated by. But I was like, if I met the hunter in the woods, I would not be happy about the situation. I
1: completely agree. Because every time he came on screen, I would visibly, I would be like, oh, like, oh, God, he's going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is like, okay, like, we're fine. But it's just the way he stalked. They did such a good job with, that, with him as well.
0: Yeah, he was fantastic. And then, like, Mark Strong sacrifices himself to stop him. And it's, like, for nothing because he's just like so much better
1: i just wanted to like have that guy more and like what am i trying to say i wanted his character like mm-hmm. more more involved but uh i did find out they're releasing i don't remember if it was a movie or like a three-part series they're releasing some with the uh, earlier up in throb and it's gonna be him oh, rion's cool. father is going to be one of the main characters and so is the queen the all Madra. Oh, okay so i'm excited for that one i don't remember when it said it was going to be coming out but it looks pretty excellent
0: is it going to be a show or like a comic or something
1: i can't remember i'm I don't think it was a comic. I believe it was some kind of show, but it might have been cuz I was I was looking at mostly comics cuz that's uh, the graphic novel that I'm currently reading, but I have to I have to research again and see. It's kind of hard to go out and look for the things you're looking for right now, but when I can I <laughs> that's will. That's true.
0: Yeah. Um so speaking of the comics, where do they take place? Like what's going on with that?
1: So the one that I'm currently reading takes place after the movie and I can't remember exactly how long after but it takes place after the movie and it has to do with a different character named therma and she is in a fire realm and it goes a lot it's like beneath the, it's called beneath the dark crystal um, and it's just it goes into different lore and a whole different adventure with the crystal and a little bit uh a different level of thrall that you get to see and it's really cool the art is amazing and the story reads really well um i don't want to give it away I also. Why not? Go ahead. Not sure. If I, well, I'm also not sure if I understand the whole thing. Okay. Because it's very confusing, and I can't find the other, the rest of the graphic novels to completely, like, understand it. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. You have to like catch up on all the lore to understand any of it
1: yeah it's it's a little bit thrown in there because like with the whole fire plane thing it's a little confusing like where that sits and it's like it's all with graphs, and i would have to look at it and point it out to be able to explain it
0: well underneath the dark crystal is like lava all the time does it take place down there right
1: i think it i have the book i believe it's like a second second plane uh if if you would and it's like in in that area but it's also connected to the dark crystal so there's Thra, and then this land which has its own name and then the rest of the universe hmm. i don't know if you can see that but that's what it looks like so the dark crystals in the middle and one world's on top and one world's on the bottom one's Thra, and one is like um
0: like the upside the down.
1: World. Yeah, kind of, but it's like a fire one. I'm trying to see if I can find.
0: We can like post a picture of it, it on the the distump fans page for people to see.
1: Yep, it's a uh, it's set afterwards though, and uh, it is very excellent, so I recommend it. It's called Beneath the Dark Crystal, and um, the art's just it really is phenomenal. I only have volume one right now, and I think there's three out.
0: Who's that by?
1: Um, Adam Smith and Alexandria Huntington. And it's Jim Henson's Beneath the Dark Crystal, so
0: it's official. he does
1: have some say in what goes into it, yep.
0: I mean, I don't think he does. Isn't he dead? But his, his people do.
1: Jim Henson Company, that's what it's
0: called. Yes. So here's a question. Are the Grunax in that comic? They, they have, like, the most expressive face. They were the ones who had their mouths sewn shut. And they had to do the scientist bidding.
1: Yeah, they're not in here. This was this was a long time after, I believe. They it's were... like a whole new story arc.
0: Yeah. I'll have yeah, to check I have those to look out. more into it. The Grunax were definitely like my favorite characters in the whole show though.
1: I don't know about you, but I was pretty upset when they used them to re- to create uh
0: the armored spider monster things. Yeah, that was upsetting. Yeah,
1: I have it I have it written down somewhere. The Garthok.
0: Yeah, that's right. That was upset because, like, they were so cute and they were so sad all the time. And, like, they had all yeah. these chances at redemption, and then they get gutted and, like, murdered.
1: And it it said, like, they were one of the last of their species, which is also a problem of mine, because now, like, did they just keep, like, reusing the parts out of the couple to create that huge army, or did they fight more, because they specifically said there weren't very many of them left.
0: I just watched the movie, like, a half hour ago. I don't think they had more than, like, five of them on the screen at any point in time. I don't know if, like, any of the other series or lore, they say there's a whole bunch of them, but... Like, they only send three into uh, Agra's house, and then later when the the jackrabbit horse things are fighting them, there's only three or four of them. But at the very end, they're getting grabbed. They do
1: mention it being an army.
0: That's true. But
1: that that could be very true that there are not very many of them. You're made to think that there's a lot more of them.
0: Yeah, they're kind of just nameless bad guys, so... There could be as many or as few as they want them to be for the storyline's sake. Right. So let's talk about the Gelflings. Which Gelfling of the movie or the shows is your favorite Gelfling? Deet. Deet's awesome. (laughs) She, like, turns into this crazy druid goddess thing. I loved it.
1: Yeah, and it's just so sad. And it's, like, every time Mother Agra saw her, she would call her Gentle Deet. And, like, the last moment when she was actually pulling in all of it the darkening she called she's like oh gentle d and i was just like oh that's why she could do it because she's so gentle right it just hurt my heart right in the feels (laughs) yeah the which one's your favorite
0: of the gelflings i liked the oldest princess i think she was the oldest she might have been the middle the one that like turns evil and then turns good again celadon celadon yeah she was the most dynamic character in the whole show she had like this huge arc.
1: Yeah, she was pretty great. I mean, I liked her whole sisters arc. I was a little upset the middle sister was Tara or Tavra. Tavra was the middle sister, and I'm I like what they did with her. It's a little unfortunate that she died and that um that we kind of missed out like a huge arc of her story when she was in the castle and then got imprisoned and all this stuff. And that's a little upsetting, but I she was my favorite sister until. The series progressed, and then we lost information on
0: her. I feel like she wasn't super relevant until she was like about to die, and she, didn't she like become the Borg and was one with the spider people? Isn't that what ended up happening to her?
1: Yeah, she became the Ascendancy with the Arathim.
0: And the Arathim were the spiders, right? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. Okay. They
1: called themselves the Ascendancy, but they they were also called the Arathim. Or spitters.
0: That's our spitters, yes. That was crazy. When, like, uh, Cersei from Game of Thrones was standing there, and, like, all the little spiders came and, like, turned everybody into the Borg, I was like, oh, snap, they're gonna kill everyone, and then they didn't, and I was like, well, I guess that makes sense if you want to have a competent story later that not everyone's just gonna die
1: (laughs) see the problem i'm having is that you're calling all these characters by uh, the voice actors and i'm just like
0: i can't remember what? her name the um i have all of the characters
1: names <laughs> down with the lord you're just like cersei i'm like lannister what is she doing here
0: <laughs> she's the only human she's just standing over the puppets <laughs> uh no what's uh she's the uh the madra of the stone and wood or whatever
1: oh yeah oh i don't know if i wrote her name down actually
0: i mean the yeah, Madra of the stone and wood awesome. is enough but she was pretty cool yeah mm-hmm. i think my favorite character in the whole story is like without a doubt agra i love her uh, i
1: think she's great
0: she's such a bad bitch i love it she like i feel like queen latifah should have played her just because she could give it that mm. Mm.
1: <laughs> that's true I mean, I like the she has a little bit of a gravel to her voice that Queen Latifah quite, doesn't quite have.
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I just everything about Mother Agra, like just her relinquishing the crystal to Skeksis and just how she was like gone for so long. I just I loved all of that and then going into her being in the movie with helping the new generation of Gelfling trying to succeed at the same task. This is a very interesting arc for her.
0: I agree. And, like, I feel like the movie didn't do her justice the way that the TV show did. Like, I feel like the TV show saw her and were like... She's too cool to not make more important. They had, in the movie, she's just like an old crone who happened to be there at the start of everything. And in the show, they turned her into, like, God. Basically, like, one of the uh, the God of the Earth or whatever it's called. Uh...
1: Yeah, she was born of Thra, Thra early on. The Gelfling were there before, and then she was born of Thra, and that's when they learned how to do the dream space. And she taught them, and they taught her... And then she became uh, a voice or a magical presence of Thrall that the Gelfling were united with. And then the Skeksis came down.
0: And then she made friends with the Skeksis for some reason.
1: Yep. Well, it was all because she wanted to know more and she wanted to be enlightened. And they told her of these magical planets and worlds that they could visit. And that's all she wanted to do. And there was just so much. So they built her something. She said... Okay, if you watch The Crystal, I'm going to go and explore and see the wonders that you've seen. And that was it, you know?
0: But in the movie, they literally are like, Who are you? You better listen to us. And they throw her in a cage. But I like the dynamic they had in the TV show because she was just like, You're not the boss of me. And she just like walks right up to him and is like, Fuck you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I
1: feel like because there's a couple story arcs between these instances i don't know much of them but there are some story arcs in there and i feel like mother agra might have gotten started to get run down by the sexies and they stopped respecting her and because they were able to take out all the gelfling she didn't really hold any power on them anymore Hmm. which could be a why or reason why she was so diminished but she was still in the planetarium thing and they still connected that and they
0: I mean, oh that the, was cool. the planetarium thing. I was looking at the like the actual setting of that and I don't know if they show it in the TV show, do they? The planetarium? I think it's the uh it's the library yes. from the castle, isn't it? Nope, they show it. Do they? It's like set up exactly yep. the same as the library in the castle. That's why I was like hmm. Yeah, but
1: they still have they still have the swinging things. Like it has she has all the planetarium moving and things, you know?
0: I don't remember seeing it in the show, but I believe you. Because you've watched it twice?
1: Well, because when uh when she woke up, remember the podling was dusting around the planetarium because he's been doing it and his father did it and his father did it
0: beforehand. Oh, that's right. And that's then she right.
1: woke up when he was dusting her face and then things were swinging over her head and she was yelling at the podling for being awake for so long. And...
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more <laughs> sense. I totally forgot about all that. I did it. I
1: yeah. have good knowledge when it comes to binge watching things.
0: <laughs> Apparently. (laughs) you do all right so i think we're gonna take a brief break for some uh some thank yous and all that kind of stuff for the podcast but we will be back with more discussion on the movie and some more of the stuff on the tv show be right back What a great conversation we are having today about the Dark Crystal. I want to thank Casey for participating. We had a really good time recording this episode. The audio quality leaves something to be desired, but while this coronavirus thing is going on, we kind of have to do remote podcasts. I'm working on coming up with a better setup. Uh, it's, It's technological stuff. So I want to thank her for participating and I want to thank you all for your patience during this time. I want to keep putting content out there so I figured the cell phone quality content is better than no content. I also want to thank the fat rat for the use of our ad music and our outro music. The song unity. You can find that on YouTube. That's how I found it. Type in unity the fat rat and you can hear the whole song it's some fun bouncy EDM music it's a really good time i also want to thank the jazz june for the use of their song viva la speed metal that song is off the album the medicine so you can find that wherever fine music is sold i uh i really appreciate them for letting us use it i am working on constructing a better intro i know that the last one was a little bit silly just a little silly because uh, I didn't know what to do, but I wanted to say something in there. So I'm not sure if it's counterproductive for me to say anything during the intro. So why don't you guys give me some feedback? You can reach out to me uh, through email at diskdumppod at gmail.com. That's spelled D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget the little pee pee in there, it's important. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at diskdump. You can find me on Instagram, DisDump Podcast. And again, there's a PP in there. And uh, on Facebook I have a page called the Dis Dump Podcast. Or you can follow a group called the Disdump Podcast Fans. That's where most of my fans seem to congregate. You can start great discussions. You'll see all of the promotional material ends up on there, like Twitter gets some of it, Instagram gets some of it, the Facebook group gets all of it. So that's a great place to see all that, and uh, you can interact with other fans of the show. You can uh, put some feedback in there and I'm hoping to hear from you guys in regards to the new theme song. I'm going to definitely use the song, but I'm wondering if you guys have any ideas on how I can edit it into the podcast. So I definitely want to hear from you guys. I also have a couple fan shout outs to do. I don't even know if they're fans, but I'm going to do some shout outs to some friends. I know that I have one fan for sure, and that is Mr. Rayno. Hey, Rayno, how you doing? Rayno has been listening to all the episodes and is giving me some really cool great feedback, and he seems like he really appreciates the show, so thank you for being a friend. I also want to thank Blake Anderson. We used to be pretty tight back in elementary school and middle school. I'm happy to be in contact with you again, Blake, and I hope that you enjoy the show. And last but not least is going to be somebody who 100% does not expect me to say her name on here. That would be Miss Erin Sullivan. Hey, how you doing, Erin? Uh, she has been liking a lot of the posts and participating a little bit, so I want to say thank you to Erin. Alrighty, let's get back to the show. I hope you guys are enjoying it. And again, I apologize for the audio quality, but I still want to put out content, so this is for you. I think you guys deserve to have the quality content that I'm doing my best to provide, and uh, in these trying times, I hope that this at least distracts you from the fact that you're just sitting at your house staring at the walls, which I know everybody is doing. Be happy. Love each other.
1: Also, did you see the thing about Yellowstone?
0: No, what's going on with Yellowstone? Are we all about to die from that?
1: Well, I wrote a paper three years ago, or like a couple paragraphs about Yellowstone and how right now it's okay, but they found an additional magma chamber twice the size of the original one. So it makes it one of the... Like, it has the most magma and most pressure building up in any current volcano, and it's such a big volcano that if it blew up by chance... That it would cover the whole West Coast in ash for like oh, a yeah. year. And it's it's like causing a, bu- a bunch of seismic activity. But right now they're saying there's extra seismic activity right now over at Yellowstone. And that it, they think that it might erupt soon because there's some telltale signs. And I'm just like, I'm a fucking prophet. <laughs> I knew all this shit was going to happen before it happened. <laughs> Y'all should come to me first.
0: Yeah I mean the Yellowstone scares the shit out of me But you know Me
1: too Well that's that's why I wrote something on it Because I was like What would actually happen if this blew up So I did some research on it It would not be good
0: The Weather Channel did like a five good. part series on that That it was like hey, the world is going to end if this goes off, and yet somehow there's, like, a protagonist who manages to fight the volcano to death and everybody gets out okay in the end or whatever, but, you know, that's just made for TV movies. I
1: did not see that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was like Dante's Peak, except bad.
1: What? I have never heard of that That sounds awesome, I have to find it
0: It was like a five part series on the Weather Channel I was like, hmm, this is an interesting lane to that's, get into That's great, oh man Do you want to talk about the show anymore or do you want to move on to the movie?
1: Um, I mean, we're kind of jumping around uh, back and forth Uh, Let's just talk about what, what we feel like needs to be said And then we can fill in the gaps at the end if we need to
0: or... f- What, go on?
1: I was going to say, or we can be more
0: regimented if you would like that. Nah, no regiments. We're <laughs> right. Organized right, is not my thing. I think mean, my PJs, Miles. There's no <laughs> regiment here. <laughs> so uh, when I watched this as a little kid, the only thing I remembered as an adult until I recently bought it because I heard the show was coming out was that those jackrabbit horse things were in it. And they, like, kicked the shit out of the, the crab monsters that look like Mirelurks from Fallout 4. And uh, I remember yeah. them, like, dying, and it just ripped my heart out of my chest when they died.
1: I, I think so. I, I think me as well. I, I was pretty heartbroken. I was pretty upset. Also, I don't know if you felt this, but when... Um, oh, what's her name? When Jen was going off the side of the cliff and Kira had wings. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time that we ever saw them have wings, I was like, why, why doesn't he have wings? That doesn't seem fair.
0: <laughs> Gender and inequality. Then
1: like when the TV sh- right, but I was like a girl, so I should have been like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. I was like, that doesn't seem quite fair. I noticed that when I rewatched the movie recently. That's what stuck in my head. For some weird reason. <laughs>
0: I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, that was what I remembered was the horse people, but that's true, too. Like, I definitely remember feeling some type of way that the girls had wings and the boys didn't, and that wasn't fair. When well, Me, too. When the jackrabbit horse things died, I don't know what they're called. I'm just going to call them the jackrabbit horse things. Um, I remember when they died, it was like the never-ending story when the horse dies in that one. Do you remember how terrible that shit oh, was? Yeah.
1: Well, that was just depressing because the, the, the horse gave it to suicide so that's a whole different kind of depression um yeah no that was really sad too i mean
0: (laughs) that's just a whole different type of depression
1: these these movies are dark for our childhood oh my gosh
0: i know like i feel like all these movies and shows just tiptoe around the idea of killing characters off and that's what made game of thrones Mm -hmm. so great was they were just like fuck that we're gonna kill people off and i think that's like Jim Henson Company was not afraid to fucking kill everybody if they had to. You
1: die and you die and you die.
0: It is sort of depressing to know all these characters I'm falling in love with in the TV show are going to lose in the end and they're going to die. And that's just how it has to be
1: that's why I think it's a very very brave thing to try to do this kind of like TV show because you know every single one of them dies and they all lose like I mean I guess in some way they win enough that they can eventually win but it's still it's just like wow that sucks I think
0: Deet is gonna be Kira's mom because like I just watched the Kira's history and the like dream fasting that they did she uh was mm-hmm. saved by her mom who put her in a tree and then somehow magically she got the ability to like summon animals and like manipulate nature and stuff which is what Deet can do so I feel like Deet is yep. Kira's mom
1: I think that's possible I think that there's more than a hundred Thryne between the two times though
0: I mean but I, I also don't know how don't long know how they
1: long live, live. I, got, I gotta do some more research I'll, I'll get back to you <laughs> but I I do like that idea. I was watching and I noticed that she also had white hair. Mm-hmm. Or very, she 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 looked a lot more like the Grodden, like a an evolved or slightly muted Grodden, especially more so than Jen.
0: What type of uh, Gelfling is Rianne?
1: Rianne is a stone in the wood.
0: He's a stone in the wood. So do you think he just has a tan, but he's actually like paler in skin? Because I feel like the uh, the Groton ones, they're like the subterranean and they're kind of like green looking.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, it's very similar with humans. Where did they evolve and live a lot of their life? If they, like the Vapora, lived up high in colder climates, they had lighter skin, they were fairer, they had very light blonde hair, and then uh, the stone in the wood lived in the forest, they worked harder they were out in the fields they were hunting so they have darker skin so maybe it may be a little bit of tan but their melanin also might be a little bit higher you know it just it really depends melanin <laughs> I don't
0: know well I mean I'm just thinking I, about it might like be going,
1: it might be going too far into a fantasy world to say that but
0: <laughs> I mean I, I I, think they do think about those things when they develop these races and stuff
1: Look at the Spraton and the. What was the other one? Um, the Dowson. The Dowson were usually much darker skin. They were the ones who lived in the, the desert, remember? Oh, okay. The ones who relished more in death, that mm-hmm. accepted death. So they were a little bit of outcasts. But they had usually much darker skin tones. It's just that's where their generations of their families lived. Like the. Um, the, the Groton, they thought that they grew up there. They lived there the whole lives. Then we found out in this show that they did it. They actually were given this location. All of the Gelflings were once one clan, and then they were split into these separate clans and put in different locations to separate them, you know? Mm-hmm. So then they evolved differently with different customs and different things in their heads about the other clans, which continued to separate them the further they got different.
0: So in the lore that you've studied, do they, like, give a definite, like, Jen is this and Kira is this?
1: No, because none of that is really mentioned. They do go to one uh, ruin that talks about, like, the Gelflings and stuff and, like, a prophecy. But that is not, like, it doesn't talk about the different clans in the movie hardly at all.
0: Well, I guess it's because, like, the cultures are all wiped out.
1: Yeah, and they they kind of come together and then all get stomped. Like, you know, wiped. Yeah, we don't know how long this unity is gonna last. It could be like twenty thrine, it could be one thrine, or it could be like a hundred thrine that they're doing this battle. I'm not entirely sure. It is very hard to get a concrete timetable for this series or this whole
0: for the world. whole.
1: It is difficult.
0: I mean, how long is even a thrine? Like, it could be a week.
1: A thrine's about a year. It's a rotation of the sun, but they have three suns,
0: so exactly. I don't know
1: which one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's approximately a thrine's approximately a year.
0: That, I mean, I think that's to be assumed, but I don't know if we don't know how long Delphins live and stuff, so you never know.
1: I have no idea. (laughs) And I I did a decent amount of research into this stuff, too.
0: I thought that by watching the show, the documentary, and uh, the movie, I was doing a lot of research. But you you took this shit to the next level. You are reading comics and books and stuff.
1: Well, I was more of looking for the books. And then when I started, like, writing some stuff down to talk about it, I started getting questions about different things. Like, especially, like, the the Skeksis. Because, like, there's 19 of them apparently they're canon. And there's a few more that could be canon or aren't canon. I could only find 11. I I I found what that's 13. I found 13 out of 19 of them.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a bunch of them that don't I, seem to have names even in the show.
1: Right. And I I like I was like looking in the movie and then I was looking in other lore too and I was trying to look through different mentions of books, and that's when I started reading more about the books and the different sketches that were involved, and, in, like, then the comics and stuff, but, um.
0: Did you see the author of the, uh, the books is one of the main writers on the TV show? I didn't. Yeah, that's, uh, so, like, all uh, the books are officially canon, because he.
1: Do you know which books? Because there's different books.
0: Um, it was there's in that documentary. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 I think, that that's the one that I want to buy, but it's very hard to find those.
0: Is it? Yeah, the, that documentary was super fascinating. But
1: I watched a documentary after I watched the series the first time, which is right after it came out, and I haven't seen the documentary since.
0: Mm-hmm. I just
1: rewatched the movies and other stuff. Uh,
0: I mean, I'm good to watch a documentary for about an hour, and I think that's an hour and a half, so I missed the last like half hour because I was like, I'm bored. I'm going to go sit over here now, yeah. play some Fallout.
1: I'll re-watch a movie any day. I don't think I'm going to rewatch a documentary too many times, so.
0: Mahira, the only one I've rewatched like a bunch of times is the one called Gasland. You ever seen that one?
1: I, okay, I've almost all of the environmental ones, or not all, of course, but a lot of them I've seen more than like six times, so it's also because I went to school for environmental studies, so I yeah. ha- had to watch it constantly, but that that's about
0: it. Yeah, I mean, even like I didn't go to school for environmental studies and I had to watch that one like ten times, but... That's yeah. about the only documentary I've seen a whole bunch. Well, I might as well just bring this up. So I totally forgot about how the movie The Dark Crystal ends. Totally forgot until I just rewatched it. Yeah. The the like elder god characters that just appear at the end of the movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever seen anything so absolutely nightmare inducing and terrifying. as this yeah. They're so scary. The Ursex. Is that what they're called? Ursex.
1: Yes, they're right here.
0: Ursex. They're, like, so scary, and they're, like, supposed ur- to be... Ur-
1: Skeks.
0: Skeks. Oh. Skeks. Urskex. skex Oh. Skex. ur Gotcha.
1: Because the Mystics were also known as a Uridon or, or something like that. I didn't have that written down. And then the Skexies, so when they separated, it was the Skexies and the Ur or something.
0: Um, I don't have their actual
1: name written, there unfortunately. Was,
0: there was... Have you, have you ever heard of the Masters of Horror series? It was, I don't know. It was a series of short films that are, like, an hour long. I think Stars owned it. And they would have, like, famous horror movie directors and writers make, like, short films for this series or whatever. There's one called The Fair-Haired Child that is about – is basically like a werewolf, but he looks – someone gets locked into a room with him, and he looks like the god characters from this show. And that's what it made me think of. And that was, wow. like – the scariest one of those horror movies (laughs) so like i immediately was like (laughs) this reminded me of that i think
1: i know what you're talking about i don't think i watched that one though but yeah they're also watching the movie again it was a little jarring how i don't want to say fake they look because they they are fake but they're just they're very i don't know the whole just how they're built and their structure just doesn't make any Physiological sense to me (laughs) whatsoever. I know that's not supposed to. I'm just like, I just, it's just a dude wearing a crown with a sheet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but they're so scary too. And then, like, and it is, it's
1: a dude wearing a crown and then a sheet.
0: And then, like, after he, like, they, like, heal Kira, they're like, okay, bye now. And then they, like, turn into sperm and they float up into the dark crystal. And I was just like, what? I guess it was supposed to be light, yeah. but all I saw was sperm. I was like, this is not... <laughs> they were white before, and then they, like, swim up. I don't know. That was Dude, little...
1: that's not even all of it. Apparently, the Chamberlain didn't go up or something, and then, like, that's when the, uh, that's when this new one, the, uh, Beneath the Dark Crystal, apparently, they have to fight the Chamberlain again, these new characters. This guy Ken, show and Therma. And it's just like, I don't i don't understand well i also haven't finished reading it all the way so i don't know how he didn't die but um it, it, it just keeps going and these, <laughs> these dang skexties.
0: i mean i love them though they're so fun
1: i do too i enjoy it a lot the whole series is good
0: okay so there's one thing that was a great place for us to wrap up but i gotta bring up one more thing <laughs> so for the okay. tv show they toned down <laughs> how what, what's her name again is agra they definitely toned down the fact that agra has nipples because <laughs> in the movie her she her headlights are on the whole movie <laughs> i don't know yeah. why jim henson felt the need to put those in there but the tv show is like
1: is mm. madonna-esque
0: i've like i just wish i could have been in the writer's room for that one day where they were like okay but like we seriously got to talk about this <laughs> Oh,
1: I did. I have a couple. I, I have like two more issues I had with it. If you wanted to go over them, otherwise sure. you don't have to. Sure, let's hear it. So the one we talked about was general, and we discussed that. And then uh, the one I have is in the movie, uh, Agra speaks in a in a strange language, and is never mentioned in the previous in the TV show. And then Kira also speaks in a strange language. It's you cannot tell if it's the same language. But she speaks to Thra in general, and I'm not sure if it is podling. It could be podling, but I think that there needs to be more information there with that language. Because it's hard to tell if it's the podling language and if that's spoken to Thra, or if Mother Agra has a different language. I just, the whole language thing confused me.
0: Speaking of podlings, actually, you bring up a great point that I wanted to also bring up. The podling language is basically like baby talk, right? Yeah. It made right. me feel so good to hear podling speaking podling. I don't know why. I Like, if I was a dog, my tail would be wagging every time that they come on the screen. And I feel like that's why my dog loves me is if, like, that feeling goes on to my dog when I speak baby talk to her as the podlings when they speak to me in podling like I just get so happy and I feel like that's why my dog loves me is because I speak podling to her and that's my story I hope you liked it
1: I did I enjoyed it what I didn't enjoy was my cat using the litter box directly underneath me
0: (laughs) I saw you like holding your nose and like trying not to make a scene out of it
1: (laughs) oh he he dropped he dropped a deuce but my uh, (laughs) Uh, my other problem was a prophecy. So in in the movie, there is a prophecy about a, a Gelfing coming back with the crystal, which ends up being Jen at the end of the movie. Uh, and I don't, I can't figure out where these ruins are. If it might be Stone in the Wood, that's what I would like to think it's Stone in the Wood. But there's also this prophecy that's written, and it's never mentioned in the series, so I'm guessing that it was added after the series, so I want to know, I'm hoping that they add that in, like, in the next season, like, maybe sketching a prophecy, or where did the prophecy come from, who told the prophecy, did Mother Argot tell the prophecy, I just, it's like the language. I have no information about it, but I want to know.
0: Didn't the prophecy come from when, like, the dual blade cut the crystal shard out of the uh, the staff? Wasn't there, like, a big prophecy moment right then? And then Deet, like, got electric powers and blew up the zit skexies?
1: Hmm. That's not exactly how I recall it happening.
0: I could be completely wrong. It's been, like, two weeks since I've watched it, so.
1: I mean, that might have been. I, I don't. I think every time she got prophecies was when she was touching uh, when she was interacting with the tree that's the only time that deep got prophecies
0: hmm I thought they like looked into the crystal and it like foretold them something but I could be wrong that that kind of does happen in the movie. I don't
1: it does happen... Something like that does happen in the movie. I just want to know when the, when that prophecy was made. Like, what, what part of their struggle was this prophecy made? And, like, where was it from? Was it from, like, a creature like Deet talking to a sanctuary tree? Or was it from, like, a Mother Agra perspective, you know? That's kind of what I'm curious on. There's also one glaring thing that we did not talk about that I noticed when I watched the movie and did not previously uh, realize that when, when they use the the dark crystal to pull the essence, the podlings don't die. They become mind slaves. And in the TV show, the gelfling, even the ones that were pulled off partway through, they have like some weakness, but their eyes don't glaze over. They do not become slaves. And I'm just, I'm a little curious about that one. Like, um, is it because podlings don't like have a lot of intellectual capabilities but again why aren't the podlings turning into dust like the gelflings did
0: well the gelflings are the closest to thra so their essence is more pure so i wonder if the podlings kind of just become husks because they aren't as pure as the gelflings are
1: i like that yeah
0: I don't know. What do I know? Right. I don't I think, work for Jim Henson.
1: No, nah, I mean, I like that. That that makes sense to me. Yeah, if Jim if Jim Henson Company hears this, please let us know. I have so many questions for you. I'll post and it I want to read Facebook all of your books.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. So, okay. So, before we go, there is one more thing I want to hear about cuz I don't know anything about it. Tell me about this dual glaive.
1: Um, so it's not talked about a lot. It's just like a little bit mentioned. But the dual glaive was oh, I don't even think I have written where it was. oh it was created by the heretic and the wanderer oh, okay. and they created it for the purpose to destroy the Skeksis and I mean I might be wrong here but this is what I remember it was foretold to end the Skeksis power And it contains a special magic when held by a Gelfling. Mm. And when the blades are together, it allows the Gelfling to do extraordinary things. And it allowed Rion to speak through the crystal fires of the Gelflings. And um, it actually held the lost shard of the crystal. And that is what is assumed to have given them, uh, especially the Gelfling, these powers. And I'm having a hard time remembering now when the Shard... Yeah, the Shard happened when the Darkening happened. So right when the Skeksis... When their Ursex became the Skeksis and then the other ones, that's when the Crystal shattered, because then they used it for bad. Mm -hmm. And that's when the Shard came out. And then when the Heretic... Because he was a Conqueror when the Heretic disagreed with them because him and the Wanderer had visions of the future and the glaive they created they went together and created the glaive and head off in there and waited until people showed up with the glaive
0: that was like majority of the puppet show right the very silly puppet show that a
1: little bit yeah that was a little bit of the puppet show and then mother or not mother agra the madra of the the groton clan mentions it a little bit so does mother agra just a smidge but yeah I think it was mostly in the in the puppet show when I talk about the glaive.
0: And then, like, that crystal shard is, like, the most important thing in this whole universe. Why did Augra keep it in a junk drawer with a whole bunch of other crystal shards?
1: Filled with identical shards?
0: <laughs> like, she was just like, ah, I wanted this good. I,
1: I wanted to know that when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, I have a crystal that looks like that. I would not put a special crystal next to my not special crystal. <laughs> I don't know. That's an excellent question.
0: All right. So, I mean, we have our problems with the show in this movie, but overall, I'd say we're both pretty much super fans. As, as far as super fans go, there's really not b- many bigger fans than you, and I'm working on it. <laughs> so, um, I guess here's the question. Do you think that I should keep the disc? Isn't the movie on Netflix now, since Netflix owns it? Um,
1: it, it is. No, it is not anymore. It is on Netflix and other countries. Mm. <laughs> but not ours and on Amazon you have to buy it to watch it so I would recommend you keep it if only for me to read from you when I want to watch it
0: <laughs> alright well here's the thing so here's how this is gonna go I am going to, I'm probably not going to watch this movie again anytime soon, so I'm going to choose to dump it, and by dump it, I mean dump it into your hands. <laughs> I good? will
1: gladly take it.
0: <laughs> awesome. So this is, we finally found a new home, an adoptive home for our, one of our oh, dumped discs.
1: It's not just dump, it's a, uh, it's <laughs> gift to a new home. Yeah,
0: re-gifted. Adopted. <laughs> Awesome Alrighty um, So I want to thank the band The Jazz June for the use of our theme song Viva La Speed Metal Off the album The Medicine They're very good musicians I really appreciate them letting me use their music I also want to say thank you to The Fat Rat for the use of our song Unity, which you hear at the end of every single episode. That bouncy EDM music can be found on YouTube. You can reach out to me at discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget the little pee-pee. It's important. Twitter is at discdump. Instagram is discdumppodcast. Uh, Casey, do you have Twitter or Instagram? Um, I do. Do I have both of them? If you give me a hot sec to look them both up. Sure. I mean, that sounds good. You should. Uh, you should also follow me on those things because I do not have a lot of followers on those platforms. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: I gotcha. I'll start being more active too.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. If that's a- uh, the easiest way to reach out to me is through the face. I have a Facebook page, which is Dis dump podcast. But also I have the Facebook page, the Dis dump podcast fans. It's actually a group. It's a great place to get in there, start a discussion, post videos. There's going to be basically every promotional piece goes into that. Like Twitter gets videos, Instagram gets pictures, but Facebook gets all of it. So that's a great place to check it out all right well you can find me on instagram at
1: VaneMay, may so v-a-i-n-m-a-e and uh on twitter i'm at Casey Weber 14 so C A S E Y W E B E R and 14 i am very boring but i like to put some stupid shit on there sometimes so if you're interested it'll probably be cats
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot to say thank you to you for joining me i gotta say thank you for I appreciate it. Even though you're kinda of like far away. Thank you.
1: It's my pleasure. I'm sorry that I, I had a little bit of a not sleeping episode last week, but I'm very glad we were finally able to do this. Me too. And it's really it's really cool that we're so able to do our D and D games and the podcast to see you because uh wow, it's been a while now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I miss D and D so much. I'm glad that we're able to play again. Um, Me too.
1: I'm very excited. Speaking of, I think we have quite a few messages waiting for us to answer.
0: This is true, yes. My <laughs> phone's been vibrating like crazy. Um. Okay, so we have a new sign-off for this show since you've been on it, Casey. I'm going to say, don't forget, and then I'm going to say a simple sentence, and then you're going to say, and, and then you say a simple sentence. Don't forget to wax the kitchen floor. And
1: sing to your plants.